This is the Beige and the Bold, and this is a solo session for Liaisons. I'm Van Velding, and I watched Star Trek The Next Generation when it originally aired. And three, two, one, engage. As you could guess, this was a hard sell to have people watch with me. I, you know, season seven is not the most popular goddamn season. It is, we're getting into the first of the bumpy parts of the bumpy road that is this season together. Combined with um, Will Riker and Worf being kind of misogynistic. It is so great that in season one and two, we introduce these dress uniforms. And we're like, it's just the future. It's different. They're literal dresses, kind of kind of on the nose in terms of that. But, you know, uh, I'd have to look up the, uh, the etymology of dresses and dressing up to see which one came first and which one's descended from which. But... God damn it, men can wear things that aren't pants, for God's sake. I assume this is Worf's um, Russian, you know, Earthican upbringing regarding women's wear. But, uh, and Riker's like, haha, but you look like a, you are dressed like a woman. It's like an Eddie Izzard thing. You're funny like Eddie Izzard. It's like, shut up, Riker. Shut up. And they subvert, like, the, it's like, oh, like, there, there's this episode of NCIS where... Everyone's like, oh, maybe they were gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's like, oh, you're pretending to be open-minded while sarcastically showing disdain for gay people. Uh, please continue on as you've been going, NCIS. So it's, it's the same thing here. It's the exact same thing. There's nothing wrong with men wearing dresses. And it just shows disdain that later era Star Trek writers have for the, the progressive, forward-thinking, authentic a universe of Star Trek that, that was kind of handed to them and how quickly they were uh, throwing it in the trash once it was given to them. Whatever. Now we got guys in jumpsuits. Not so flattering guys in jumpsuits. It's a guy on the left you might recognize as the guy who played Sam Francisco in Alien Nation for, I think, God, probably four made-for-TV movies and, like, three seasons of the show. He was also in an episode of Deep Space Nine. He played the captain, what that was brought in to bring in a bad guy that Cisco couldn't. We'll get to it. Uh, I guarantee you, by the time we get to that episode, I will have forgotten about this one again to the point that uh, I will not be able to refer back to it. Just let me know whenever Cisco gets bumped from an assignment because he couldn't get the job done. The pilot here is the captain who replaces him. Anyway, uh, this is this starts our plot in earn this starts the intrigue of this 48 minute, 49 minute sequence of Star Trek The Next Generation, where this guy's a jerk to Worf. And we're like, what what's up with that? Is this part of their deep and nuanced culture? Are we gonna unravel a real mystery? and like learn how other cultures live and exist and see the world? Is there a different perspective at play here, which can justify being an asshole to Worf? There's not, there, there absolutely isn't, you know, I, I, I record this with the intention of thinking some people are going to watch Star Trek their first time while listening to this because they're not that into it. And we punch it up a little bit. It's a little more fun. Summarize it for you. You know, so it's like li listening to the cliff notes while you're skimming the book. Get you on two levels. And uh, 
So out of respect for that, we try not to jump ahead too much. We just try to be like, hey, here's the story as it goes. But this, it's, it's really insulting to call this one a mystery episode. You learn it was all a prank. It's a prank show, basically. Jason Mendoza could outthink this episode. With all due respect to the writers. Because it is. It's just a prank show. That That's the twist. And I mean, sure, there's like some desire for a deeper cultural understanding. But I would submit to you, listeners, that prank shows are like that. Prank shows, when people watch them, are like, how how will people react in this situation? How would I react in this situation? And you're, you're provided the, um, the privilege of imagining your better reaction than the people on the screen. But I think ultimately we like seeing people engaging their reactions to judge what we think is or isn't appropriate or what is or isn't warranted. I think that one of the reasons YouTube videos have like so many faces on the screen is because it's ads going to young people generally. And people are like, well, how do people react to this? How, you know, what's, what's this extreme emotion? What makes a person feel like this? What's an appropriate reaction for this situation? Um, and I think that's why people are, are drawn to those things. It's like, oh, look, look at this extreme emotion. This, this YouTube video evokes. I want to feel that. I want to experience that. I want to see the context of that. And to learn emotional context. This is quite a spread. I don't know why Data and, and Dr. Crusher, who are also in their dress uniforms, didn't show up to the reception. In theory, the Illyrians are like the main reason for all of this. So why, why do we not have everybody meeting them in the cargo bay? But whatever. Maybe they're just like, oh, we want a small thing. Because it's Worf. Worf wasn't even supposed to do anything there, right? This guy goes with Deanna and... The other guy goes with Riker. Was the plan? Worf is just going to stand around there, just for like diplomatic purposes. But like, no data, no crusher. So what's the deal? Anyway, I think I think Deanna is skipping a lot, a lot of things. She's mentioned desserts are usually at the end. Um, you eat the main course first, and I like how they've arranged this cake so that you can't see what she's pulling out. So they don't have to cut up the cake every time or have a little piece of the guy put back and forth. It's like, look, man, we're just going to put some cut up Snickers in front of this, 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 this wedge of cake. And then you're just going to pull something out of it. So I don't get this. So the deal is this guy doesn't know what pleasure is. So he wants to experience pleasure. And it's like, do they not have, do your people not have a deficiency of specific, um, Things in their evolutionary course, like humans were short on sugars for our evolutionary course. So now whenever we're sugar, we're like, oh my God, this is rare fucking bullshit. I want to get as much as this as possible because that's how we're kind of like, you know, built. So I, <laughs> I get that Worf is trying to come to grips with diplomacy. And he's like, look, all of diplomacy is just being nice to people you don't give a fuck about and dealing with their stupid bullshit. So Worf is just like, nah, it's pretty standard diplomacy shit. This guy's just an asshole. Uh, that's how diplomacy is. I hate it. It's like, okay. It's, <laughs> I just don't think Worf is attuned enough to, to diplomacy to like swim in the middle and waters of dealing with ambassadors to, to really know when to put his foot down. And that's part of the experience that he, as a technically a junior officer who's one of the senior staff, 
as a lieutenant, he's a junior officer, uh, that he, he develops as part of this. And whenever he has another diplomatic assignment like this in the future, he's going to be like, all right, let's draw on this experience a little bit. What could I have done differently? You know? Uh, it's a good little joke where he's like, he's rude, where Worf tells Data, this guy's rude, he's argumentative, and God, Data, it's good that we can connect as friends. And Data's like, hey, you're also rude and argumentative. Awesome, you guys should get along. It's a very it's a very Data joke. Love it. Not a lot of Data in this episode is well used. Um, <laughs> at the same time, it's like, I think Crusher was trying to help out Worf. Crusher's trying to be like, yo, I'm, I'm a full-on commander, and maybe you should get your own shit ambassador and Worf's like no no no, i'll do it i'll do it so i like that this guy's giving picard nothing supposedly out of fear that picard will catch feels for him and not um anna i think her name is whatever so uh you have another convenient situation where shuttle breaks it's near class m planet it's a little less convenient now i don't think this is I know it's space bullshit, but it's like, wow, all of the systems failed, for starters. And it's because of an energy disruption. It's energy disruption. You've seen those. You open up your big book of astronomy, goes black holes, stars, nebulas, energy disruption fields. They're all over space. They just mm, disrupt energy so much. So... I guess if their primary systems are offline, they have to crash on a planet. Those are the rules. They can't just drift safely in space. They're not going to fall out of the sky. Be like, nah, we'll just boop into space and then hit the restart or drift out of the energy disruption field or wait for the energy disruption field to pass. Whatever it is energy disruption fields do, you know, just wait. No, we got to fucking crash on a planet. Fuck that planet. That planet was probably in cahoots. With the energy destruction field. That son of a bitch planet. Electric bullshit planet. I'm surprised that whenever Honest Trailers didn't do their Star Trek The Next Generation write-up. That they didn't have like five scenes from this episode with the generic lightning effect. I mean they packed it full of generic lightning effect. Don't get me wrong. But uh surprised this one escaped. This of course is a whole just rejiggered shuttlecraft. Just like like when Berlinghoff Rasmussen came in his time pod, um, I time pod. I apologize. He didn't come from the from the year twenty nineteen with brand new detergent pods. He came from the future with a time pod. Uh, you know, it's just to redress whatever the shuttle is. Put a few accents on the inside, wrap it up in Lisa Frank folders, take the nacelles off the outside, put some angles on it. Bing bang boom, whole new shuttle. So uh, this is classic little production bit that they do. Since this was a staged crash, right? This was an inside job. Picard, uh, they're really lucky that the inertial dampeners didn't hurt Picard or kill Picard. I guess they wanted it to hurt him because why not? Why not work with that? Um, I would consider that assault, by the way. If you were to crash a shuttlecraft um, with the possibility of hurting someone, with the intent to injure someone. Or if you actually injure someone whenever you crash intentionally a shuttlecraft, um, I think that's like assault and reckless endanger endangerment. So anyway, um, pretty lucky he didn't get a concussion. I guess if they did, they would have just you know gone to contingency 12B and he would have gone to the Torellian cargo pod. So um, 
It's interesting. Like, it's convenient they don't pull this shit on the Cleons. Like, none of these motherfuckers ever pull this shit on the Cleons. Granted, it's probably a lot easier to do your cultural exchange when you're killing each other. When they're blowing up your ships and taking your things. When they're blowing up your ships and taking your things. Uh, you're like, alright, we fucking killed a million of them. Let's have... Let's give... All of the military debris to our military scientists. The rest can go to our cultural guys. And the cultural guys are like, yeah, they love war. Two dicks, apparently. Discovery wasn't that great. And uh, pointy swords. Curved swords. Curved swords. So anyway, um, it would be interesting if there was a if there was a Cleon guy who's like into psychology. He's like a Thrawn type. i got to explain that. Goddamn. Okay, so Thrawn is in... Star Wars novels. I don't know which ones. I don't know what's uh, canon anymore. Oh, he's actually in a cartoon, so he's canon now, I guess, Thrawn is. He is a guy who's named Chiss. He's so good at warfare that the Empire let him be an Imperial officer, despite the Empire being racist as fuck. Um, and his deal is that he looks like paintings, and he knows how they fight wars and shit. He, he has a very high level of um, social psychology, cultural analysis, whatever you want to call it, by understanding a culture and kind of seeing how they fight and shit. And I wonder if there are Cleons who are the same way. Who are just like, look. Look at the technology they've developed. Look at their battle plans. I, I, I think we can tell a lot about these people. And vice versa. And just going, hey, that's a cool cup. I know you guys fight in a war. You know, I know what your sieges are like. So. Um, it's weird this guy knows how to irritate people. But he doesn't know what aggravation is. Or aggression. Again, lots of evolutionary questions about these people. And I wouldn't be as much into that if there was a compelling question. It's like, oh, well, what's the society that grows up without these things? Like if Picard actually did go to their planet. Um, buddy, in, in America, we call this a hurricane. If it's that big, brightly colored, there's like a third of that that's liquor. I mean, come on, man. And also... This dude's gross. Deanna's also kind of gross. But, I mean, she gives him her fork earlier and she pops into her mouth and she eats with that? I mean, come on. Deanna. Backwash. I mean, ah, uh, ah, uh, Deanna, you don't know where he's been. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot, honey. Okay. Um, I'm just saying. I... <laughs> And then he's just complete. I get it. Okay, I get it. They want to experience things that they don't have. They can obviously experience pleasure and aggression and maybe even love. But they don't know what it is. So like in their entire wheel of cultural whatever, there are completely untapped experiences. You know? I'd believe it if it was all sex stuff. It's like, whoa, butts? And humans are like, oh, you know, maybe your physiology is different. But let me tell you, butts. You know, I like I would get that, I feel. But if they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Refined corn sugar? High fructose corn syrup? Whoa. Inject that straight into my veins, buddy. Like they just never thought of it. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We usually just fight wars like a tennis match. Just... Lots of running and grunting, and then it's over after you score enough points. But, whoa, you guys get into it. Every race on fucking galaxy gets into it, but not us. They form a husk together. 
Well, you guys have no feelings related to procreation? You're just like, like no pleasure and no love? We have so many questions. Are you guys just like accidentally hitting each other up with spores? And the guy's like, ah, crap. Sorry, mom. I, I went to the, the, you know, that inflatable wacky tube flailing man on, on 12th and Kelvin. Well, I went, I walked by that today and I didn't go around it. Like you always said, bam, huskin me. That's what's happening. I am with spore, ma'am. <laughs> I'm a teenage spore carrier. Well, I guess they don't have kids. They're all born like fully, fully adult. But, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like it, like the, the question here is, um, like, if they didn't know, how would you explore? And it's like, oh, these sensations are crazy. Or how do we elicit this response? Or how do we deal with this response? And it's like, oh, they get so deep into it because like, oh, that's really interesting. Sometimes we're, uh, let me, let me check my script here. Oh yeah. Sometimes humans are just middle of the road about shit. And therefore, um, you know, we, we don't do what you do about it or whatever. Fuck it. Fuck it. Episode over. But yeah. Um, <laughs> So it looks like we're doing misery here, um, misery, misery, and you know, science fiction misery, misery on a planet. Um, but like, I mean, I guess misery was on a planet. Is misery? Is misery science fiction? I kind of talked over the part where he was talking to the kid, pleasure guy. He was like, "Oh wow, you love fucking desserts, kid." And his mom's like, "It's what being a Starfleet's about, kiddo." I, I knew the risks when I brought you on the Enterprise. Some weirdo ambassador was going to ask you some bizarre fucking questions out of nowhere. This, your, our discussion about your report card is not, is not done. We're going to come back to that. You got all A's. You tanked the curve, sir. Think about your classmates. So, um, so it, it makes me think of like, like a completely blue species. I'm like physically blue, but like, um, we'll call them the Farlands and they, like they they're always just talking of talking with swears. Like that that's just how it comes out. This comes out of the Universal Translator. They're always using like like these colorful metaphors and the Universal Translator is like, well, that's that's a fuck, buddy. What are you gonna do? You just drop the F bomb. Uh and then like their metaphors are like sexual, like jizz analogies and orgasm turns of phrase, and it's like, well, look, look, here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. Far you're you're a Farlanite, so there's a kid present, so we're going to need you to not speak at all. Not speak at all. Yeah. So, I think we've seen Turalians, and I don't think they have two arms. I know every goddamn thing is Turalian. They have, like, so many Turalians in this. Like, Turalian freighters all over the place. Turalian transports. Turalians, Turalians, Turalians. And I feel like we've seen them once or twice. Like, maybe the Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode duet where in the beginning, the guy that kind of kicks off the whole episode, Maritza, um, he comes in on, on a Torellian freighter, and the Torellian captain's like, hey, we got a sick guy, and he's actually on the view. He's like, oh, that's what Torellian is. And I think in Gambit, we find a Torellian freighter, because the TNG crew is hunting down the Duras sisters, and they left a Torellian behind on a mining thing shit i don't know anyway uh 
Where am I going with this? I mean, I mean, no one fucking cares. Also, when when Picard is like, oh, I'm a Starfleet officer. Like, are you though? Are you though? Are you bitch? Because if you if you were a Starfleet officer, it would seem like perhaps you would have a goddamn Starfleet officer uniform on. Not this freaking. I'm 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 struggling to think of any funny thing that would wear this. Are there opposite clowns from the planet where people don't know what laughter is, and so they need to tickle, goddamn Beverly Crusher, to figure out what laughter is? Fucking idiot aliens. I just, you know, like like, I'm just not like, oh look, you're restricted here, and it's. She she put a restrictor on him under the premise that his ribs were broken by lightning. Yeah, me too. And it, it's keeping him from moving, and that's like the source of his pain and not an actual injury. And he's like, ah, oh, this thing. She's so bad at talking to people. Um, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of intrigued by this as a kid, and I was really disappointed by the end of it as a kid. Because, like, there are interesting things happening here. A plot, B plot. A, a, a pretty low-stakes aliens are being jerks plot. Let's find out about that. What's their deal? What kind of fascinating cultural outlook do they have that makes us um, look at them? That makes, us, that makes them see things this way. Um, like, it promises a really cool mystery. And then we're like, well, here's the high-stakes story. Where's that Picard? For no reason. Could easily, 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 so easy, like with no effort, effortlessly. It could, um, it could make us. This this could be a Riker episode. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, Riker, you're threatening to do deadly acts against this dude, and it it makes Worf seem less cool. Um, when he threatens death but doesn't murder people. You know, like, crush his septum. That's cool. Break his nose. Okay, concuss him in the next Tuesday. Sounds fine. Those are all, like, realistic things. He's not going to straight up murder a dude. It is interesting that just for a second here we are on the really compelling beat of, you know, they do kind of reflect qualities in us. You know, Deanna likes chocolate. Okay, actually, that's the only quality of Deanna that that guy's really reflecting. Um, which has always been a, a disappointingly large, but generally small part of who her character is. And if anything, he's a selfish a-hole as, as well, because he doesn't listen to her, which isn't much like Deanna. But there's a thread here. There's a thread here where they're reflecting with one another. And it's a good little bit here about establishing boundaries with people without disrespecting them, where it's like, hey, look, this person is important, but you do have to tell them, no, that's a great idea. Wish we could follow through on that. And Worf could kind of thread the needle of like, ah, it's it's hard for me to like fine tune my social, my social nuances, my social graces. And it's like, well, it's, it's a skill you got to learn. It's hard to do, but it is always easier. Uh, stay with me. It is always easier to go to extremes on these things or to kind of have no response than it is to engage and to try to engage in the middle somewhere. That's really hard to do. That would be a great lesson for this. It would be a great lesson for the aliens. And it would tie into some growth with Worf. 
um, it would be great if the notion that if the notion that these aliens are reflections of us went somewhere because that's like an interesting idea but no that's actually just a misdirect for the real story of <laughs> the real goddamn story um it just oh did i miss it did i miss where we talk about vornok or Vorin or varel or scrappy Doo and how he's like oh he's dead and they fade out like it's a commercial break buddy varel was a dick you cannot cut to commercial on him we just don't we don't give a shit about varel so anyway she just seems really like you're trying to figure out her whole deal and it seems like she's going through some adjustments it seems perfectly reasonable she's been stuck here for seven years um she accidentally blew up the communications device picard's like i can't fix this at all um you know shout out to the classic star trek idea of hey we're stuck on a planet how are we going to get off? I mean, that that's, that's original series stuff. And you can turn that around many, many ways. Picard's been in this plot before. Riker should, should have been in this plot. I didn't, I don't know why I didn't think about that when I was first watching it. Jordy. Oh my God. Could you imagine this with Jordy? Fucking Jordy. Can you imagine? Okay. Where maybe, maybe, you know, Jordy's always had it hard with the women so suddenly this woman is here and she's interested and she's vulnerable and she throws herself at Jordy and Jordy's like, I don't know. This isn't right. Or maybe like he even goes along with it at first. And he's like, no, I can't just say that I love you because because you said that to me because I want to be loved. I mean, yeah, I want to be with someone who, who wants me, but I don't, I don't want them to want me because I'm their, their, I'm their only option or because they're alone. I want you to be here because you're free. That would have redeemed the shit out of Jordy's romantic character arcs. Look, I can understand. If you are a writer for Star Trek The Next Generation, you have zero morale left when it comes to giving Jordy a romantic plot. You're like, fuck no. We will not be burned again. We will not make ourselves look like fools anymore. Um, and to just give up on it. Which is what they did. Jordy never has any romances at all until the pilot which, um, yeah, they should have stayed without the morale. They should have just never tried to rally that. Whoever, <laughs> whoever used one of their leadership perks, like whoever's cooldown ended when they were writing all good things and like, look guys, Hail Mary, Jordy Romance, final episode, it failed. Like spoilers, it failed. So, man, I went from this episode's not very good, slightly bad, D, D plus to all the way down to D minus realizing this could have been a goddamn Jordy episode. Fuck. There would have been some character work. Do you know how much character work is done with Jean-Luc Picard in this episode? None. Zero character work with Picard. He solves a mystery. Aww. Picard's incensed. How dare you say you love me before the 30 minute mark. We're, well, right, we're at the 27 minute mark. Whatever. He's like... We need at least three more scenes before I can believe that I love you. We have to do things together. Smile at least once. I have to talk about how your situation is unacceptable and how I want something better for you. Then we have to be tragically set apart. <laughs> just... Ah, uh, motherfucker. It's just... I... <laughs> he's, he's offended. 
you don't you can't fall in love with a person in one episode. This is like Disney writing Frozen, where all of Disney's movies are like, oh, we fell in love. And then there's the one Disney movie that's like, you can't fall in love that quick. That's stupid. How could you have believed that? I was like, fucking, you've been giving us this bullshit, guys. This is your bullshit you're feeding to us, and you're pointing at it and saying we're bullshit for buying it. We were being nice buying your bullshit, okay? You fucking backed up the dump truck of, oh, Riker's in love with this lady because he met her one time for 30 minutes. And and now you're supposed to feel bad for him because she died. We knew Carmen for one scene. And in that scene, she got vaporized. And Riker's like, no, damn it. And from the colony to the refrigerator, she's gone. And you're like, yeah, all right, sure. We get you, Riker. You feel bad. We understand. We'll go along. It is a steaming dump truck. But we'll go along with it, Riker. The story seems somewhat invested in this. Half invested. But you know what? We like you, Will. Crystalline Entity. Remember that. Let's go with it. And then we get to liaisons, and it's like, what? You believe two people can fall in love that quickly? What are you, some kind of idiot, stupid person? It's like, no. We're just we're just trying to be your friend, man. We're laughing at your jokes. We're, we're buying into your weak emotional premises. Don't call us idiots for that. Just write better stories. Jesus. Uh, I don't even know where I am. I have notes for this, because I know that whenever I do solo sessions... Uh, especially whenever I'm sober, like, it's not that great. So, it's like, ah, it's, it lags a little. We don't have the back and forth. I can't really riff with guys. Uh, it loses a certain amount of dynamicism. Uh, and, like, the worst the worst thing you could ever do with that is to actually highlight it. And, like, people go, hey, wait, this has lost some dynamicism. So, anyway, um, he shoots her down. And so, they're both crashed on this planet. Because he crashed her love ship. So anyway, um, I just, you know, buddy, I feel this so hard. He's like, buddy, I got, I'm going to charge this up. It'll take an hour. Then we're going to be on the clock. We're going to have to go out. Boom. Clock is counting down. And we're going to go and we're going to take it to the shuttle. Right? Plan? Thoughts? Nothing. Pure neutral response. I'm I'm just going to go by your side so that you understand this crucially important plan and that I have explained it so well, there are no follow-up questions. We will get back to that. Hey, we're playing poker. This is the most tense poker night. Worf, so here's the deal. Here's the deal, Worf. They're playing poker, and this guy just reaches over for Worf's chips, and he, he tries to call out Worf. And Worf is like, yeah, sure, okay, whatever. Because he's still being a jerk. We're establishing he's still being a jerk. And then he takes from Worf's pile, and Worf sees him do it. And just lets him do it. And, like, keeps his chips by that guy. And he doesn't stop him when he's doing it. He doesn't call him out when his hand is over Worf's chips. He doesn't take his chips back in front of him. He just shoots, like, there's no evidence. And it's like, hey, can he not even mentally at this point go, hey, Deanna, Deanna, look at this. Deanna, mentally, emotions, Deanna. And Deanna's like, what? 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 I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have a food come at all times at this point. Um, and he's like, oh, look at the chips. Look at the chips. Chips, Deanna. He just does like a head motion. And he looks at it. He's like, chips. So War finally unleashes with this guy because he's had enough. Um, he's like, I would disembowel you right here. I am owed a goddamn disemboweling. 
like fucking Worf is like, I'm going to disembowel you, bitch. And this guy fights him and Worf fights him and he doesn't disembowel him. That is, that is unacceptable. Okay. Worf's threat should be proportionate and it should be followed through on. I like this guy gets one good hit in, maybe two good hits. And Worf just floors him. I mean, ring a goddamn bell, right? Worf wins a fight in a Star Trek The Next Generation episode. But at least he seems chilled. And he immediately drops the act. And I'm like, I don't... Did they have expectations for the Enterprise crew about this? Did they not for once think about... They're like, ah, yes, we've experienced the emotion. We have. We, di- we didn't really plan beyond this step at all. When are you shocked at, Deanna? That's a little funny. And they're just like, well, I'm going to write a report. And she's like, hey, pleasure guide, is there anything you're trying to get me to do that you're going to write up a report on? And he's like, oh, oh fucking, oh. Like, <laughs> there's like zero thought after that. It's just designed to be like this blocky, poorly written, I want to say contrived, but contrived is not the right word stilted a scenario and it's like wh- why do the aliens want to do weird things to fuck with our crew and confuse the viewer well because they're culturally inclined to do weird things to fuck with the crew and confuse our viewers and it's like fucking what i'm the fuck on so oh yeah here's the point and she's like oh no now that everything's set in motion it's irreversible and our power supply is Running out by the second. We're going to have to wait hours before we can go out there. So, no. I, I I told you the plan. And now you're telling me that the plan is bad. But in this case, he's... He solved the case. He solved it, Dix. The mystery of the paper-thin goddamn mystery. I mean, this isn't even a Dixon Hill case, honestly. This is like... Encyclopedia Brown could knock this shit out in like two pages. Page one, scenario. Page two... A little more scenario, Encyclopedia's like, whoa, 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 shut the fuck up. Encyclopedia Brown, you aliens are just fucking with us because you're aliens that fuck with us, aren't you? And it's like, yeah, that's the secret. The secret of the goddamn aliens who are fucking with us. You solved it, Encyclopedia. It's, it's, I mean, it's pretty bad when the Illyrians, like an entire people and their government, and it's like their whole culture, and they're like, for our first contact, we're going to make people love us and do pleasure and then kick us and make us be angry at us. Um, And our plan is it's basically going to make us look stupider than bugs. Goddamn meanie. Like that's it. Like I also noticed how, how quickly Star Trek fans are like, Oh, this is attempted sexual assault by a dude on a dude. Essentially. Um, like, it's weird how, how people get really um, into that. How, how they suddenly see how clear those lines are when the victim's a man, perpetrator's a man. It's like, wow, it's like for real shit. And it's not acceptable. We can add sexual assault to the list of crimes. It's over. Yes, it's over. It's over. No, give it the fuck up. It's over. You have a, a necklace. She locks it from the inside. Like, look, man, if you can turn... the no, if you can turn, you turn the thing, it's it's on both sides. So if you get, 
leverage on it, right? And you just get iron bars on the top and bottom. Just, yeah, and then it'll it'll get that rotational energy. You know? Now it might be locked. See, and he's gonna pry it out. It, no, that's metal on metal. That's several inches of metal. And it's just like, no, you there's clearly a part that turns. And if that part that is locked, you're not gonna pry it open. Not with a goddamn thousand crowbars, you piece of shit. You're not Gordon Freeman. You can't stand where he stood. You're a British guy who's in the wrong story. You should be doing that thing where you look at what's happening to Worf and your eyes go a little wide and you're like, I don't know. And then you just look, you know, across the camera and away from the action to represent to the audience that you're not going to be involved in Worf's thing because he has to learn as an officer on his own. Guys, I just want to say Voval is never a good cause for a commercial break. No one gives a shit about Voval, all right? Voval sucks. Okay? He's like, ah, fucking, this is Star Trek. I'm going to make up shit about my people. Where it might look like, ah, he's not going to, is he going to be angry about that later? I mean, we've already got him here under false pretenses. Look, if we're just trying to experience an emotion that we have never experienced before, we can make bold-faced lies about our physiology to continue that lie. It's like, what? What? At what point of this process are you like, oh, no, we, we did kill several of your young. We ate a few of them. We ate a few. But we wanted to know the human emotion of veal. So, um, I'm well, some of us want to know veal. Some of us want to know, oh, that is so wrong. And so we just thought we would do that. But it, it, we were learning, so it's cool. Frenzies? I just... <laughs> God, I feel like this matte plate is also... This matte picture is also trying to get out of this uh, episode. It's like, me too, buddy. I am barely here. Like, as soon as this is done, the matte painting of the rock face is like, I'm going to get a cigarette. I'll be in my fucking trailer. In my rack on a wall. I'm going to go to the framer's office tomorrow. This is my big break. I'm going to be in all the big things. Enemy Mine. True Lies. Um, Weekend of Bernie's 2. This is my opportunity. I don't, I don't know. Man. So I just, look at this. Oh, look, it's her again. This episode has all the drama of slightly overcooked spaghetti. I just... It's really convenient that I mean, this is another race who has a convoluted plan based around them being able to run really fast. It's like, all right, now I'm out of eyesight. <laughs> uh, here I am. It's me now. It's, it's me again. Uh, it's it's me, not 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 Voval is my name. Not Voval. <laughs> and he's like, hey, let's let's go and get Voval. He'll help us go. Look, unless Voval's dick is a power supply that help that can help you get off the planet. You should have taken Voval and left, okay? And just left and come back for this crazy lady. It is nice of you to go, but on the other hand, maybe, fuck her. I mean, not, not literally, just, you know, metaphorically only. Mom says, you and Voval are working together. <sighs> I do kind of feel like there, I feel like there's a little space for an Aerosmith song, Dude Looks Like a Lady in Here. I feel like possibly the only not slightly transphobic use of that song in this day and age. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like, he's trying to put everything together. It's like, we don't care, man. 
none of this matters. Oh, there we go. You and Vival are working together. I was working out of the plot where he's like, he brought you the necklace. And it's like, ah, ah. It's all the hallmarks of a Clark Kent Superman situation. Picard put it together. Jump. I do like that. He eventually comes to the jump bitch part of this this scenario. Again, I think this would be a lot more from Jordy. Jordy is nice. Oh, she's watch out, Picard. She's got a green screen. She's either gonna um, transform into this, or she's about to become a, a Sailor Moon type of person. Well, I mean, more like Sailor Francisco, right? Because he played Sam Francisco in an Alienation. He's Oh, God, now he's going to expose that us a little bit. So tedious. This episode goes by really, like, there's so few scenes in it to get us to where we are. It feels, like, so shaky, where, like, thing a series of things just happen. It's like one of those diners in Japan where the food is on a conveyor belt. I'm just, like, it's so plotting and slow, and it's hard to care about any of it. And now we get to the exposition bit. I just... The, the Harlequin romance novel that they uncovered, which I'm convinced it is, and it wasn't like a real... A real... Um, not log. Novel. Diary. Yes. A real journal. I feel like they just found the Harlequin romance novel. Like, this is a model for human behavior. But even if they didn't, like, this is just a rehash of the Royale. And the weird aliens who built a replica of a ca casino from a book on an uninhabitable planet and trapped a dude in it until he died after going mad from fucking being surrounded by shitty characters in a time loop. feel like they're a little more ahead of the curve than the Illyrians. It would be great if at this point Picard is like, you know what the sexiest thing of all is? Honesty. And then he kisses the dude and they make out. It'd be great. Like, that is what I really love. I just wanted the honesty. And just... <laughs> uh, well, this would be considered a crime. It's several crimes, Picard. It's kidnapping. It's reckless endangerment. It's way levels of deceit. I don't even know, like, what that crime is. False pretenses? Being a bad Uber driver? I don't know. And then... Of course, the uh, regular assault, the sexual assault, the confinement. Oh, the uh, practicing medicine without a license, I guess. I don't even know what that is. Pretending you're a doctor. Fucking up a dude under the pretenses of first aid. I don't, I don't even get it. So Worf and this guy worked out for like 11 hours and Worf is sore. But this guy isn't. I call bullshit. 11 hours of workouts is what Alexander does for a parent-teacher conference. Like, I don't even buy it. He's like, here's Ritz crackers. It's like, what? Seriously, never. Never. Not even salt, motherfucker. It'd be great if Picard was just playing it cool. And he's like, all right, well. It's been a very enlightening experience. And he just roundhouse kicks all of them. He's like, kick their asses. And Worf is like, finally. And they just fucking go sick housing these dudes and put their bruised unconscious bodies back in the shuttle and just blow it out of fucking airlock. I mean, I get its cultural differences. They shouldn't do that. It would be funny if they did it. 
be a great thing to do with Lower Decks. I would love to see the Lower Decks episode that's like, what? No, you're going to jail. <laughs> Diplomatic immunity, my ass. Or like they take him back to the planet and they're like, oh, now we have diplomatic immunity. And they just freaking beat the crap, beat the crap out of him. But like humorously, it's okay. It's cartoon violence. Not even a peck on the cheek, Picard, for old time's sake. Uh, God. See you next time.